Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet get 30, bet get 20, 20, 20, bet get 20, 20, bet get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Finally, mandatory minicamp is upon us. What has happened day one? We're about to find out. You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. Welcome back to the What the Elf Was That podcast. We're here to bring you the iconoclastic news, iconoclastic take on Brown's news, and what can be more awesome in Brown's news than minicamp. Mandatory minicamp is here. Mandatory minicamp, by the way, is pretty much the exact same thing as OTAs, except they're mandatory. So with mandatory minicamp on the way, what's going on? What's happening today as we're recording is the first day, day numero uno of Brown's mandatory minicamp and coming out of Berea are a few things. One, Deshaun Watson apparently is absolutely balling out on the seven on seven drills. Apparently Deshaun Watson can find his receiver, hit him in stride so they can score touchdowns that they were just ruling the roost in seven-on-seven drills. So everyone's all excited about this. It's fantastic. Deshaun Watson's coming back to form in seven-on-seven mandatory minicamp drills. Um, I don't want to bust anybody's balloon or rain on anybody's parade, but I want to point out that seven-on-seven drills are an offensive-oriented drill. Okay? I love seven-on-sevens. They're interesting because... Players can go out and run routes. Defenses can learn how to read routes and defend routes 
but seven on seven drills have absolutely zero offensive lines, defensive line. There's no contact. There's no threat of an actual tackle. So it's not very realistic. And if anything, if you want to talk about a drill that is designed to create big numbers, it's seven on seven. I often joke that the NFL is going to a seven on seven league style. You know, you can't hit the quarterback. You can't tackle the quarterback. Every time you sack the quarterback, there's a penalty or some kind of stupidity erupts that the NFL really, truly wants to go to like seven on seven defensive backs in the NFL can't touch wide receivers. You got Peyton Manning. And by the way, double G Greg Williams to thank for that, given the uh, new Orleans Saints strategy in the super bowl against Peyton Manning. (laughs) And there's a couple other people to blame for this, but Greg Williams is a big one, but the NFL has noticed that these seven on seven style drills really attract a lot of attention. This is what everyone is talking about on YouTube right now is the seven on seven drills of Deshaun Watson and how he threw a whole bunch of touchdowns and a whole bunch of yards against a defense that basically couldn't do anything. Um, Good for Kevin Stefanski to point out in his press conference. If you haven't heard the press conference, check that out that seven on seven drills are basically an offensive oriented drill the defense should not be winning those things and that the offense should be destroying the defense in a seven on seven drill. Would you like your defense to be dominant? Yes. But if your defense is dominant on a seven on seven drill, it's because there's a problem with the offense. And the fact that there is no problem with the offense should tell you that for the first time in a long time, and I mean a long time for the first time in a long time, the Browns may have a decent offense simply for the fact that they're dominating on seven on seven like they're supposed to. So that's the big news that they're out there kicking butt on seven on seven drills. It's mandatory mini camp. It's early. This is what they should be doing. Other news notes is uh, Donovan Peoples Jones apparently balled out in camp today. Um, makes you wonder if Devonathan Peoples-Jones didn't want to send a statement. Like, oh, I'm out there on Twitter, and Twitter, in case you haven't been on Twitter right now, is talking about how the Browns need to sign DeAndre Hopkins, and we'll get to him later. DeAndre Hopkins, and then trade Donovan Peoples-Jones. Or this is Donovan Peoples-Jones last year with Cleveland, and they should just trade him now. So Donovan Peoples-Jones apparently goes out and has himself a day on the first day of minicamp. He had a terrific day, reminded everybody as to why he's out there and why the Browns exactly don't need DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Zach Jackson of The Athletic, my love-hate relationship with The Athletic, Uh, Zach Jackson out there. Zach Jackson, by the way, who has blocked me on Twitter. I don't know what the heck that's about. So Zach Jackson is out there saying that he probably had Donovan Peoples-Jones Probably had 29 catches for 500 yards or 477 yards and 17 touchdowns today at minicamp. Although he did say that these numbers are approximate. So clearly this is hyperbole. He's making up a big round of numbers. Basically to say that Donovan Peoples-Jones showed up at camp ready to go. So good for him. 
if his goal is to show that DeAndre Hopkins is not necessary, I don't think he needed to come out and have a good day in camp to make that happen. I think just using your brain should help you to understand that the Browns don't need DeAndre Hopkins. But Donovan Peoples-Jones came out, dotted the I, so to speak. You like that Michigan, right, Ohio State reference? Yeah! Dotted the I, so to speak, on you don't need DeAndre Hopkins. <clears throat> in other news, Miles Garrett is back in camp. He was there for the interview and everything. It was pretty fantastic. Again, go back and watch the interviews. He mentions a toe injury he had. I think he's trying to like tell us why he didn't come to OTAs, right? Oh, I didn't come to OTAs because I got this toe injury. I'm not buying this, but apparently people in the media are buying this. Like, oh, he had this toe injury. That probably explains why he wasn't around. Miles Garrett didn't come to OTAs because he's Miles Garrett. That That's really what it is. He did speak of, I think, a very positive trend um, in Brown's camp, which is know your assignment and do your assignment and don't worry about the rules, the techniques, whatnot. We practice those things. But when you're in team and you're on the field, know what you're supposed to do and then play fast and play hard with what you're supposed to do. I think that's actually a pretty good um, way of doing things, right? He mentions that uh, this is Jim Schwartz giving him this advice. I think that's fantastic advice. If you can go out, know what you're supposed to do, be confident, play fast, you're going to be successful. So good for Miles Garrett to be out there talking about what Jim Schwartz has said to him. Unfortunately, he didn't say it a week ago when he could have heard that during OTAs, but he's here now. And speaking of being here now, he might want to watch out because wasn't he the one that had the car accident last year and hurt his shoulder? And that was a pretty nice car. I remember that he wrecked. And with all these carjackings going on with Browns players, Miles Garrett might want to be a little bit careful. And by the way, what is wrong with people? What is wrong with people going out there and stealing people's cars? Leave these people alone. They're people just like me, just like you. They've worked hard to excel at something in their careers. They've excelled at football. They're getting paid as somebody who's worked very hard at football. Leave them alone. Don't go out there and do something dumb. Don't go out there trying to get somebody's car and steal their diamonds and jewelry and stuff. I don't care if it is Perry on Winfrey. And you guys know how much I like Perry on Winfrey. I don't care if it's Greg Newsom. I don't care if they're out there partying late. It's their life. If they can show up and play football, I don't care how late they stay out. But problem is, once they can't show up and play football, then that's going to be the come to talk. However, don't steal cars from players. Show some decency. You don't live in Pittsburgh. You live in Cleveland. Thank you. Sam Weiss for that one. Speaking of wide receivers in camp, what is going on with DeAndre Hopkins? I know everybody's DeAndre Hopkins this, DeAndre Hopkins that. What's going on with him? Well, the best I can tell, DeAndre Hopkins is out there trying to get himself some OBJ money. He's looking for that team that is stupid enough to pay him an exorbitant amount of money to play for their team. And he says, hey, OBJ, right? He had an ACL tear, didn't play an entire season. He got $15 million guaranteed. Why can't I? 
And right now, I don't think the market is handling that. I don't think the market's going to pay him that. But that doesn't stop every single reporter asking every single coach and player that spoke today about DeAndre Hopkins. Amari Cooper got asked questions. Miles Garrett got asked questions. And Amari Cooper handled it like a pro. You know, he's getting asked, what would you do if Amari, if uh, DeAndre Hopkins took away catches from you and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, Amari Cooper is like the wide receiver version of Nick Chubb. Amari Cooper's a professional. He's quiet. He works hard. He takes care of his business. He is like Nick Chubb's twin brother playing out there at wide receiver. He's not going to come out and say anything stupid. He's going to come out and say, who wouldn't want DeAndre Hopkins on your team? He's a good football player. And that's exactly what you want a player to say. But back to Hopkins. So what is Hopkins waiting for? Why doesn't he just take his best offer and sign it? Well, as I mentioned to earlier, his mark is just not developing. He's not getting the interest he thought he would get. So he's going to do probably what he should do and what a good agent would tell him to do and say this, you don't have to sign now. You don't have to play for any old team that decides to give you subpar money. Just hang tight, work out, let you know, get through OTAs, get through training camp, get into the actual um, preseason camp, right? Leading up to the season training camp and wait for an injury or wait for a team to realize they don't have what they thought they had at wide receiver, at which point they will come knocking on DeAndre Hopkins' door. And they will pay the money that DeAndre Hopkins wants to pay, or DeAndre Hopkins won't play. So if he has a good agent, not Lamar Jackson's agent, but a good agent, okay, he's going to take that advice. He's going to sit, rest his body, not get worked up over OTAs, mandatory minicamp. He's going to wait until a team gets desperate and needs him, at which point he will cash in. This is a proven strategy for players, and he's going to do that, and good for him. But what does that mean for the Browns? Okay, for the Browns, that means he's probably not going to be in Cleveland. Unless somebody, knock on wood, has a catastrophic injury and we just have to have him as a wide receiver, we're probably not going to have, by we I mean the Browns, are probably not going to sign DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to sign with a team that gives him the most money. I've said this before. I'll say it again. He's only going to sign with one team. It's the same team Odell Beckham Jr. signed with, and that is the team that gives him the most money. Whoever shows him the money is who he's going to sign with. So forget about the backdoor deals with Deshaun Watson and all this stuff. It's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. DeAndre Hopkins is going to show me the money. He wants the Johnny football sign. He wants the money, and whatever team gives him the money, however long he has to wait, he's going to wait for it. So on the one hand, good for good for DeAndre Hopkins for <clears throat> gambling on himself, and we'll get into gambling later, folks. Got a lot to say about the NFL owners and gambling. The Borg are at it again. But he's going to take a chance on himself, and to do so, he's got to have some patience, and he's going to wait for some team to get desperate and Barring injury, that will not be the Browns. All right, guys, we're up on the break. Um, after the break, we have the Browns trivia giveaway. 
Yes, you, you can win two tickets to see the Ravens at Browns at Cleveland Browns Stadium. You're listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast, a part of the Fans First Sports Network, um, part of the Fanatical Elves Sports Network. We'll catch you after the break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to What the Elf Was That? So I'm excited. I'm actually genuinely very excited. I've actually been telling people to listen to the podcast, answer the trivia questions, because the Fanatical Elves Sports Network is giving away two tickets to the Ravens at Browns football game in Cleveland. And you can win these tickets. And it's actually pretty simple. All you have to do is listen to the podcast from the Fanatical Elves Sports Network, answer the trivia question, then email the trivia question to the email that we provide. So I'm going to throw the uh, question now down there on the ticker. All right, you should see that now. But the Fanatical Elf Sports Network has a lot of good and really good shows going on. On Tuesdays, we have the Johnny Cleveland podcast. That's where John Suchan comes out does his podcast he's been doing for a long time. Really insightful information. It's really, really good. Then Wednesday, you got this one. What the elf was that? Where I come out and I give my sideways take on things and try to provide some good football knowledge and some iconoclastic, you know, not so uh, party line views on on, uh, all things football. Then Thursday, you have Football Philosophy and Rocket Science, where I get with my good Betty Elliot, the rocket scientist, and we start talking football, philosophy, and rocket science. And I tell you, Elliot is the most interesting man in the world. This guy has done it all. He's been a rocket scientist. He's dated cheerleaders. You know, he he talks to people. I have no idea who they are. He's talked about people who are rocket science in Russia and China. I don't know. I don't know who he talks to, man. He knows all kinds of people. Right. Then you have the Fanatical Elves show where a lot of us contributors on the Fanatical Elves network get together and we talk um, all things football on Thursday night. Friday, you've got the Browns Blitz with Rod. They've done their 200th episode recently, so they're pretty well established. They get some good insight. They uh, they really know their Browns stuff. And I, I really encourage you to listen. Listen to those podcasts. Each podcast will have a different question and that question is your entry to win ravens at browns tickets answer the question email the answer to that question to elves network e-l-f-z network at gmail.com get the answer email it there and that is your entry to win the tickets so tonight's question from what the elf was that is what quarterback led the Browns to three AFC championship games during the 1980s. 
Um, I think this one's a no-brainer, so I'm kind of getting giving you a gimme here. So there's no excuse to go out there and enter. What quarterback led the Browns to three, uno, dos, tres, three AFC championship games during the 1980s? Email your answer to elvesnetwork at gmail.com, E-L-F-Z network at gmail.com. You guys want to get on these tickets. I plan on, I hopefully plan on getting to this game. And if I can, I'd like to meet up with you guys, whoever wins, and we'll hang out for a little bit. Speaking of the Ravens, it's time for the famous, infamous, it's infamous, which is better than famous, Ravens hate segment. This is the segment where we get together and we talk about how much we hate the Ravens. Because I'm telling you people, I hate the Ravens. I never really knew what hate was until like, well, a certain person entered my life. But now that that person's gone, I truly understand what hate is for the Ravens. I am a true Ravens hater. I can't think of a good thing to say about this organization. Their town is crap. The, the colors are crap. I just hate the whole thing about the town and the people and, you know, the homeless people walking through the streets just walk out in front of your car, like then yell at you like you did something to them. I mean, it's a, it's a whole place. You know, I don't have much good to say about Baltimore or the Ravens. But in the news recently, the Ravens went out and signed Laquan Treadwell. You may remember Laquan Treadwell from the 2016 first round draft pick of the Minnesota Vikings, who then went out and totally was awful, was slow, couldn't catch, couldn't run routes, and was basically a gigantic bust in the NFL. He's been through, I don't know exactly, at least two teams. Um, and he's pretty much going to be out of the league unless the Ravens, the Ravens, went out and signed him. So now the Ravens have gone out and signed Laquan Treadwell, somebody on Twitter, it's always Twitter, people. It's always Twitter. If you want a good fight, you want someone to not read your article but get mad about your article, Twitter is the place to go. So somebody on Twitter decided to point out that the Ravens now have five, five first-round draft picks in their wide receiver room. Okay, I'm going to list them for you just so you know exactly what we're talking about. But these five first-round draft picks are going to absolutely put the Ravens over the top. That is Rashad Bateman from 2021, who hasn't really done much, has been injured, hasn't really panned out. You've got Odell Beckham Jr. from 2014, and you've heard me speak of Odell Beckham Jr. on this show and why he doesn't deserve $15 million and how the Ravens are morons for giving him $15 million, so good for the Ravens being idiots and just lighting their cash on fire. The man hasn't been to a Pro Bowl in like six seasons, and maybe even longer, and hasn't really had more than 1,000 yards receiving, I think, in five seasons. Uh, didn't play all the last season. I don't even understand why he's famous. This guy is like the the guy, uh, can't think of his name, LeBeau, whatever his first name is, the guy that wore the bag over his head says, I'm no longer famous. That should be Odell Beckham Jr., but somehow he's still famous. I've never seen a guy make such a living off a one-handed catch in a game that he lost. But moving on, 
The Ravens also have Zay Flowers, which was drafted in 2023. He's a rookie, so we have no idea what this guy is going to be. No idea. I do know that he's small, so that's not good for him. Uh, when you're small and fast, um, injuries are a concern, but you know, some people really like him and some people really big on him. He is yet to be determined what he is. You've got Nelson Aguilar, 2015 first round draft pick of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's now on his third NFL team since 2015, which look, look, it's going into 2023. This is his eighth season in the NFL. That's a successful career to have eight seasons in the NFL. But has he done anything? He's made eight years off of off of a promise of something good that's never been really happening. And he was not that great in, my, in New England. And you'd think Belichick and the whole crew up there could get something out of him. But they're letting him walk, too. And then finally, you've got Laquan Treadwell in 2016. And we've talked about Laquan Treadwell in 2016 and his struggles with the Vikings. So you come out with a tweet saying the Ravens now have five first round draft picks in the wide receiver room. And I say, yeah, and they all suck. You have five first round crappy receivers. They all suck right now. So this is how stupid the Ravens are. They have these five first round picks and all of them, in my opinion, are just garbage, except maybe save flowers because we don't know because he's a rookie. But if there's any year for wide receivers in Baltimore to not suck, it's got to be this year. Because per Ravens tight end Mark Andrews, and I quote, Lamar Jackson's balls are incredible. I'm not making this up. This is an actual quote from Mark Andrews. Go find it on Twitter. He said, and I quote, Lamar Jackson's balls are incredible. I don't know what's going on in Baltimore. But whatever is going on in Baltimore, that shit needs to stay in Baltimore. Don't bring that stuff to Cleveland. I don't know what the heck you're doing out there. Mark Andrews with Lamar Jackson and his balls. I don't want to know. You just do your thing in Baltimore. Leave me out of it. And I would prefer if you didn't comment on his balls in public. But I apparently... Lamar's Jackson's balls are going to make it so their wide receivers don't suck. Speaking of the Borg, we weren't talking about the Borg. I just want to get off that topic of somebody's balls. The Borg are at it again. So this time it has to do with gambling. Gambling in the NFL. Let me see if I can cue it up here. Give me a second. We are the Borg. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. Yeah, the Borg are at it again. So in case you don't know, I call the Borg the NFL owners. And I call the NFL owners, which I also call the NFL rulers. So you may hear that one too. Um, The NFL rulers, I call them the Borg because they act as a collective in service of the collective. And their goal is is to simply take all of your money. So the Borg are at it again. This time it comes with online gambling. In an excellent story, and normally I'm not talking about excellent stories, but in an excellent story out of The Athletic by, I want to get this name right, by Kalen Kaler. Excellent story, you should go read it. 
about players and the NFL gambling policy. And I read this article and it took me a while to really wrap my head around what's actually happening here in the NFL with, with all these gambling apps. But I have been able to figure it out and I will give it to you and explain just how vile the NFL rulers really are. <clears throat> so the Borg have suspended six players so far for violation of the NFL's gambling policy. You have Jamison Williams and Stanley Berryhill who each got six game suspension. They're part of the Detroit Lions. I think they are. They may have been cut by now. You have Quintez Cephas, CJ Moore, Shaka Tony, and a year ago, Calvin Ridley all got the Pete Rose treatment and were suspended indefinitely. Now, Calvin Ridley has been reinstated, uh, but he got the Pete Rose treatment for placing a bet on a bus. <clears throat> and there's reports that the NFL is looking into another round of suspensions, possibly for players violating the NFL gambling policy. It's easy to blame the players for not knowing what the players, the, the policy is, right? It's easy to sit back and just say, well, these players are so stupid. They should know what the policy is. If I was playing for a million dollars, I'd know exactly what the policy is. I don't think it's that easy. Okay. The, the NFL gambling policy was basically not collectively bargained. That means the NFL owners just created a policy and said, this is what it is. Most of the policies in the NFL are collectively bargained or are agreed upon through collective bargaining, but not this one. This one was just imposed. And, you know, the rulers of the NFL, they, they can do this stuff, right? The board can just come back out here and do whatever they want. So they're just imposing the gambling policy. And according to the article the um, at, from from Kaylin Kaler at The Athletic, she interviewed five uh, current and former, I think former, NFL football players and got their kind of opinions on the, on the policy. It's really worth reading. I won't give you all the details, but I will hit some key points here in a little bit. Um, but I do have a couple questions about the education of players on the policy. Where is J.C. Treader? And where is the NFL Player Association, and why are they not educating the players? Why are they not there having special sessions saying, this is what you can and can't do? I understand the teams during mandatory minicamp, which we're going through right now, come out and have sessions that explain NFL policies. It's kind of like orientation at your job. These are the policies. These are important. That's why you have to follow it. And most people snooze through the stuff because it's all the same stuff. And NFL players do the exact same thing. They hear this. Okay, don't, don't bet on football. You don't want to be treated like Pete Rose. Although you can get the Pete Rose treatment anyway, as we found out. Don't do this. Don't do that. Some of it sticks. Some of it doesn't. Some people stay awake during these sessions. Some people don't. And some people just sleep through it. I understand. It's, it's pretty boring. But I think... The NFL Players Association needs to do a better job, and they've let players down. They're too worried about players showing up to OTAs and telling them not to show up to OTAs, fighting about grass as opposed to natural or to force to outer artificial turf, which I agree, that's a good fight to have. But maybe you want to like educate your, your brethren, your union brethren, on how not to get suspended. 
in the NFL. Just a thought, JC Treader. Put it out there for you. Try to keep your people getting paid by not getting suspended. But let me hit some key points from uh, Kaler's article. One, the Borg. Did you know the Borg are heavily financially invested in sports gambling? And I'm not talking about, you know, they're, you know, just interested in, in uh, advertisement money. There are reports that bookies, on-site bookies, will be at NFL stadiums for fans to take bets during the game. Like, you could go to, I don't know if it's going to be in Cleveland Brown Stadium. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know. But you could potentially go to Cleveland Brown Stadium, and there will be a FanDuel or Sport or DraftKings or whatever it is you like to do, booth or uh, setup, where you can go, like, physically place bets with these people at the stadium. Now, this may sound good loose to some people. I personally think this is terrible. I'm not a better. I don't bet on this stuff. I'm not looking to make money off betting. I mean, obviously, if somebody wants to give me advertising money to, like, convince you to bet, I'll take that money because I'm all about making some money since I don't make hardly anything doing these podcasts. I'm willing to take their money, but I'm not willing to give them my money. And I'm not willing, I'm going to tell you right now, you shouldn't give these people your money either. So apparently they're going to be at the stadium. Also, Jerry Jones and Robert Crafts are heavily financially invested in DraftKings. So they are part owners of DraftKings. DraftKings, by the way, and other NFL sponsors pay the NFL exorbitant amounts of money to promote gambling along with their NFL uh, advertisements. So when you see the NFL, you're also getting DraftKings, you're also getting FanDuel, you're also getting all these other places, which I'm not promoting, but you you get all those people as well. So the Borg have ownership stake in these gambling apps that advertise throughout the stadium. They advertise these things anywhere and everywhere you go. In fact, I pointed out in a comment to Kaler's article that as you're reading The Athletic, they have their advertisements in it, and there are five advertisements within the article for BetMGM Sports. Five. Five articles in five advertisements embedded in that article for online gambling. That's how much they put money out there. There's an article on gambling, and they have five advertisements on how to gamble. In fact, if you start with this sports book that they're advertising, you can get a free year at The Athletic, and you can get $1,000 rebates if you don't make money in any of your first $1,000 with the bets. It's almost a win-win because you get a free year of The Athletic just for doing it. It's insidious. It's seriously insidious. So here's the NFL owners owning these gambling companies, advertising it nonstop, and then when the players actually gamble, they suspend them without pay, sometimes indefinitely, giving them the Pete Rose treatment for doing exactly what they have spent hundreds of thousands, not millions of dollars trying to convince you to do. If I spent millions of dollars trying to convince you to gamble and then you gamble and then I suspend you for gambling, what in the world is going on here, people? What in the world is going on? It took me a long time to wrap my head around this, but I have finally wrapped my head around it. So I'm going to give you an analogy for those of you who remember 1990s baseball. 
Do you guys remember Balco, the Bay Area Lab Cooperative? Okay, if you're not familiar with the Bay Area Lab Cooperative, this was a basically this was the place that created all the designer steroids that Barry Bonds, Jason Giambi, Mark McGuire, and maybe even Sammy Sosa were using to bash hunt like 70 home runs, 75 home runs, 68 home runs, whatever the record is. I think Barry Bonds has the steroid record. I call it the steroid record of home runs in a major league baseball season. Okay. That's the group that did it. Now here's the analogy. Imagine if the MLB owners owned Balco. Okay. They own the Bay area lab. This is all hypothetical. Imagine if they owned the Bay area lab cooperative created designer steroids, advertised those designer steroids in stadiums, advertising how great it is, how they can like, pump up your game, make it better. And then they advertise it to players because players have their little smartphones and they see the advertisements, everything they're doing. And they sell these steroids to major league baseball players, right? They sell the, the stuff they've been advertising and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing to Barry Bonds, to Mark McGuire, to Sammy Sosa, to Jason Giambi. And then once they sell it to them, they say, oh, you broke the rules. Now that you've done exactly what I've spent millions of dollars to try to convince you to do, I'm going to suspend you for it. So the NFL owners are getting money on both ends. <clears throat> They're getting every single fan in the place to start giving their money basically to them. Not only do they own the team, but now they own the gambling apps that you're giving your money to to bet on the teams that they own. They're going to make it easy, so they're putting them in the stadium so that you can just walk up to a, a booth and set a bet with whatever app is there, whatever group is there, thereby giving the owners more money. But if a player does it, even if the player bets on a non-football-related sport, like they bet on baseball, golf, I hear they bet on golf a lot, and they do it on NFL property, my God, that's like the sin of all sins. You bet on sports while at work? Oh, no. We're going to have to suspend you indefinitely because you bet on golf while you were on the bus. So this makes no sense to me. This is literally the owners own the product, push the product, push it extremely hard at the product then when the players buy the product they suspend them and don't have to pay them because they're suspended so they're getting your money as the owner they're getting your money as the gambler and they're suspending the players who actually gamble it's incredible it's a self-feeding system of where the borg is just taking and taking and taking and taking and taking with no real checks and balances in sight it's insane these, these board people, these owners, will ruin NFL football. I love NFL football. I hate NFL owners. They will ruin this league with their greed, and they will, like, destroy everything we love because, in the end, they are the Borg, and resistance is futile, and they're going to make you give them all of their money for the sake of just having all of your money. We are the Borg. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. Resistance is futile. The Borg will do what they can to get your money and then punish you after they take your money. 
It's crazy. It is absolutely insane. On that positive note, uh, I think that is our show for the evening. I appreciate all of you hanging out, doing what you need to do to be with us. Uh, See us tomorrow. I'll be putting out a podcast with Elliot on football philosophy and rocket science. So check that out. Check out um, the Fanatical Elves podcast. Check out all the podcasts on the NFL or the uh, Fans First Network, the Fanatical Elves Network that we've got coming out. It's great content, and you can win tickets. You can win tickets to the uh, Ravens at Browns game. All you have to do is answer the question, what quarterback took the Browns to three AFC championship games in the 1980s? Email that to elvesnetwork, E-L-F-Z network at gmail.com and make it happen. And if you win, I'll see you there. Hopefully we won't see any Borg people there, but I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 